On today's show, I'm going to address a common concern that I hear from people who would like to change their lives in some way, but are simply too busy or too tired to do so. Change doesn't have to be one more item added to your to-do list, and it can actually be an opportunity to take the pressure off in your life. Today, we're going to talk about how. Welcome to Not Your Mama's Midlife Podcast with Stephanie Lee. On this show, we're going to talk about what it means to be a late Gen X or early millennial woman dipping her toes into midlife. I'm talking specifically to the woman who sees this stage of life as an opportunity to reflect on her life to date and to begin the second half with intentionality and purposefulness, whatever that means to her. Hello, and welcome to episode four of Not Your Mama's Midlife Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie. When I tell people about the podcast, or that I coach people who are looking to make some type of change in their lives, I often get a response that is something like, hey, maybe we should talk, followed quickly by, but I'm so tired at the end of the day. All I want to do is crash and watch Netflix. And I understand this completely. I really do. For me, it was a feeling that I got up in the morning and would go, 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 go until I could come home, make dinner or pick up dinner and sit on the couch and eat with my husband while we watched whatever we were binge watching at the moment. I felt like I really needed that time to recover from the day in order to be able to get up and do it again the next day. So I totally get it. To be clear, I'm not throwing shade on what you do on the evening to unwind from a hard day at the office. I still love to sit on the couch with my husband and watch TV. So when people in my world tell me that the idea of some kind of change is really appealing to them, but they don't know how they would do it because right now they are just so exhausted at the end of the day, all they can do is crash. I noticed two things. One is this idea of very real burnout just a heaviness and a tiredness, a sense of cognitive and emotional exhaustion and depletion. The second thing I want to draw your attention to is the underlying assumption that change is going to take a lot of effort, that it's going to be a big deal. It's going to be that one more thing. Because we can actually keep going as we're going. We've structured our lives so we can come home, take the pressure off. We have something to look forward to. We have a nice meal, maybe a cocktail. We watch some TV. For some, maybe we play video games. It doesn't feel particularly bad. It's actually fine. And it's also what everybody else we know is doing. Everybody is busy and tired. If you look around, this is just what life looks like. In episode number two, I talked about a number of things about our lives that lull us to sleep. And I would suggest that this pattern of pushing, pushing, doing more during the workday, and then coming home and spacing out for a few hours before going to bed is something that lulls us to sleep, keeps us stuck, and keeps us from making the changes that would be meaningful to us to improve our everyday lives. 
If you're listening to me right now and you're thinking, yes, that describes my life, but I'm happy with it. It's fine. That is totally fine and up to you. I'm not suggesting you need to change anything. If it works for you, go you. That is awesome. But to the person in that situation who's waking up to this pattern and would like to do something different, I'd like to spend some time right at the outset of this podcast, getting you some relief today in a way that is manageable and accessible. If you're already feeling overwhelmed or teetering on the edge of it, the idea of adding something new or different can really just put you over the edge. So let's not do that. I'm going to suggest instead that we find a way to let a little bit of the pressure off. Does anybody have an instant pot with the quick release? You know when it's done cooking and you open up the valve and this burst of steam comes whistling out, right? Let's do the same for you. Just barely touching that dial on the instant pot creates that burst of steam. How could we do that for you? The very good news is that small changes, like a small adjustment to that valve, can make a huge difference. We're not trying to turn the page on your life today where you're going to wake up tomorrow to bounties of gumdrops and sunshine. We are finding small ways to get you a little bit of relief, a small opportunity to let your shoulders drop away from your ears, to slow down your thoughts, and to breathe out a sigh. So what do I mean by small changes? In aviation, pilots are taught the one in 60 rule that states that after 60 miles, a one degree error in heading will result in straying off course by one mile. So for every single degree of difference at point A, 60 miles later, the plane is one mile off course of its destination. Think about the exponential effect of that, especially if you were like flying from the United States to the UK. I'm going to give you an example of the impact of that. So in 1979, a sightseeing plane took off from New Zealand to fly over Antarctica. Unfortunately, the pilots had not flown the route before, and they were unaware that their flight plans were two degrees off course. When the pilots lowered altitude to allow the passengers to see more of the Antarctican landscape, they tragically flew the plane of 257 people into the side of an active volcano. That two degree difference was hugely consequential. On a decidedly less tragic note, consider what a one degree course correction might mean for you. Dan Harris, the Nightline anchor who had a self-described on-air freakout while dealing with addiction, has written a book about meditation called 10% Happier. That's something he thinks is attainable for most people, seems reasonable. Cara Lowenthal, a feminist life coach, talks about thinking 10% less shitty thoughts. We can't get our minds around huge sweeping change, especially huge sweeping changes from within ourselves. But maybe we can start thinking about making a 10% kind of change. There are not many specific articles that I remember from graduate school, but there is one that I have actually purposefully held on to for over 10 years. And this is a 1984 article by Carl Weick. The full PDF is available online, so I'll include it, of course, in the show notes. It's entitled Small Wins. 
And when I first read this article, it was in an organizational theory course. But I remember at the time thinking this is immediately applicable to all sorts of areas of life and business. Some of the takeaways from this article, and you may want to read it, it's brief, are as follows. Large, ill-structured problems can create overwhelm, and that makes it hard for us to arrive at solutions. Breaking a big problem down into smaller problems can solve for this overwhelm and give us access to more creativity in our own problem solving. Small wins snowball into more small wins. If the problem is made small, a small solution might totally knock out the problem. If the problem that I want to fix is my sense that my life is happening to me, finding a solution is hard. It's not really clear what the problem even is or how I would know if it's been solved. But if I take that problem down to a much smaller scale and something that seems manageable, suddenly I can come up with solutions more easily. Success in small wins creates confidence about success in other areas. So taking a look at Carl Weick's article, what would it look like for you to experience just one degree's worth of relief from burnout, stress, and fatigue that you are experiencing? Just one degree. We're going to talk more in a future episode about the reasons why we experience burnout. But one reason is a sense that things are outside of our control. So what would it look like for you to have one degree more control over your life? or to change your trajectory just to be one degree closer to your dreams. To have one degree more peace, one degree less frustration. Before we think about how you might get there, the strategies that you might use for one degree more relief, think about how you might be different with one degree more relief. Maybe your shoulders are an inch lower Maybe your mind is a smidge quieter. Maybe the anxiety is just a little bit less intense. Maybe you have a couple more moments of your own within the day. What differences would you notice? So let's identify some strategies to decrease your burnout and stress by just one degree. First, I'm going to suggest that you think about identifying some potential strategies to achieve small wins from a posture of curiosity. When you are thinking about ways to get relief from stress, I bet some of the emotions you feel are things like tired, desperate. There's a lot of need and a graspiness. When I'm feeling this way, I might show up as pretty skeptical. I really need a solution and I'm not sure that anything is going to work. For sure, I feel heavier and kind of closed in. But if I'm feeling curious, I'm going to be open-minded, willing to try things, experiment, observe, notice, look for little changes. It actually also gives me a little bit of distance and not quite so much emotional intensity. Curiosity feels like a light emotion in my body. We're going to talk in future episodes more about how our emotions fuel our actions and how we show up. But for now, let's take a brief moment to try on curiosity as a feeling, as if you were trying on a coat. What does it feel like just to put on curiosity 
Notice that feeling of lightness. Notice kind of the the question mark, the hmm, I wonder what's there. So with that in mind, I'm going to offer you some suggestions for small things that you might do to get just one degree of relief from burnout and stress. Take them in through your curious lens. You might meditate for one minute a day. Use an app. There's no reason to reinvent the wheel. Just go outside for a couple of minutes. Being out in nature, being outside is immediately soothing to our systems. Take a five-minute walk outside and engage all of your senses. What do you hear? What do you see, smell, taste, and feel? Get 15 more minutes of sleep. Sleep is actually dose-dependent, so even 15 more minutes will make a difference. Dance along to a song, or maybe you just have to shake it out. Take a break after focused work, just for a few minutes. Step away from your desk, walk down the hall. Do one minute of breathing exercises. So a couple of good apps are Resonant Breathing and Box Breathing, and I'll put those in the show notes, of course. But just a few minutes of doing those breathing exercises can reset and get you back into your body and thinking differently. Sit down with a notebook or a laptop and write down all of the noise in your head. Take a cold shower. I know this sounds crazy, but it's actually a potent mood booster among other healthy effects. Get outside first thing in the morning and see the light or get outside at the end of the day. Both times allow the photons to hit your eyes. This actually supports your circadian rhythms and can improve your sleep. It's pretty low hanging fruit just to get outside for a few minutes each day. I do have a couple additional ideas for how you might get some additional mental space. And those are available in a PDF that I am happy to share with you. It's linked in the show notes, and you can also find it on my website at stephanieleecoaching.com forward slash mental space. So all of these things that I listed seem kind of stupid easy, right? And they couldn't possibly help. But what if they could? Is it worth it to try to get just a little bit of relief? And if none of these things that I listed seem to work for you, what is something that might How can you come up with a strategy to give yourself just that little nudge in the right direction? You may think one minute of meditation a day, that is just not what I'm looking for. I want more change in my life than that. And boy, I hear you. So let's collect some momentum by just getting out of the gate with a tiny adjustment that seems doable, doesn't create any resistance inside us or any objections. We want to create just a little bit of momentum and even better if we create that tiny bit of momentum while also giving ourselves a tiny bit of relief. We have a dog, Ty, that we inherited when my mother-in-law passed away two years ago. He likes to be walked at 6.25 a.m. each morning or earlier, if it's a morning that I happen to be getting up earlier. And I have taken to doing the five senses walk that I talked about with our strategies while I walk him. And it's actually noticeable to me how much I look forward to it. It's very easy for me to get in my head 
And this exercise really grounds me into my body at the beginning of the day. It also grounds me into a sense of place. I've really noticed the sounds and the smells around where we live. And it requires me to be present in the moment, just to rotate through those senses, just for a few moments each day. For me, rumination has always been a challenge, but I've adopted some practices over the last six months or so, this one among them, that have really helped me to quiet the chatter in my mind. And I will tell you honestly that quieting that chatter has done more to relieve me of pressure than anything else. It turns out that all of those thoughts that go through our brains, we don't actually have to listen to them, folks. More on that in another episode. I don't know about you, but for me, addressing a habit like rumination, it feels hard. It's at least a 30-year-plus habit. Everyone else does it too. It's deeply ingrained. And if I'm honest, I'm not sure that my ruminating hasn't in some ways contributed to my success because it seems like that's kind of how I'm planning and problem solving. So I'm actually a little skeptical about quitting it entirely. I've had all these thoughts. Rumination is a place where I have seen big gains overall by going after specific small wins. So test drive one of these strategies or another one that suits you better, maybe for at least a week. Decide what it is you want to do, how long you want to do it, make it short and manageable. Decide on a minimum daily dose and then get curious about what you notice. Okay, to briefly recap, if you are in a position where you would like to make a change or changes in your life, but you are burned out, exhausted, and overwhelmed, and just don't know how you would find the time or energy, consider the exponential impact of small wins. Consider that you can make a big impact in your life over the long haul by finding tiny tweaks and adjustments that are manageable to implement in small doses. Put on your curiosity hat and experiment. Brainstorm ways to make small adjustments. And when you're thinking about small adjustments you might make, I would suggest sort of checking in and noticing how you feel when you come up with something. If it feels heavy or intense, it's a no-go. Find something that feels light and perhaps deceptively easy. Come up with your own strategies. Maybe try something I've talked about here. In future episodes, when we're talking about strategies for life change, I want you to always have this idea of small wins in mind. How can I think about this through the lens of something that's manageable and maybe even easy? Now that we have talked about small wins and how to do that and how to implement change with little baby steps, come back next week and let's talk about how you can care for yourself in a place of burnout and stress and actually begin to use that to develop resilience. Go to stephanieleecoaching.com forward slash episode four and find not only the show notes for this episode, but a link for a worksheet with some questions that you could use to apply what we've talked about to your own life. You can use these as journal prompts, read them before taking a walk, give them some thought, or fill them in as a worksheet. That is stephanieleecoaching.com forward slash episode four. 
but that link is going to be in the description for this episode of whatever app you're listening to. Thank you for sticking with me through the fourth episode of Not Your Mama's Midlife Podcast. I do hope you'll join me back here on your favorite podcast player or YouTube for our next episode. Wherever you listen, please do like and tell your friends. And if you're enjoying it, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really does help others to find the show. Have a great week, and I can't wait to chat with you again soon. Bye.